All right, it's six o'clock. It's somewhere. Yeah, it's six a.m. somewhere. Uh, nine. Exodus nine. All right. Let, let's uh, let's start with a word of prayer. Holy Father God, we we marvel at your word and all of the details of it. We thank you, Lord, that. All that you do is for us, and we just pray now that we'll be enriched as we enter into this Bible study together. In Jesus' name, amen. Exodus 9. Of course, it's still the plagues, right? Yahweh said to Moses, come to Pharaoh and speak to him. And so said Yahweh, the God of the Hebrews, let my people go that they may serve me. For if you refuse to let them go and you still hold on to them, behold, the hand of Yahweh will be upon your livestock that's in the field, upon the horses, upon the donkeys, upon the camels, upon the cattle, upon the sheep, a very severe pestilence. Now, that would pretty much cripple the economy of uh, Egypt. So, so, and not just the economy, but the horses, uh, it, it, it could cripple the, the military as well. Pretty severe threat here. Yahweh will make a separation between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt, and nothing of the children of Israel will die. It, we, we take note here now in this, in these la, in this last part of the plagues that, uh, that Yahweh delineates the, uh, the truth that Israel is not going to be harmed. Everybody had to realize and recognize the hand, the mighty hand of the Lord. But now, the more severe the plagues, of course, we're talking about judgment and curses. And judgment like this just does not belong to the people of the Lord. So he says, I make a separation. There's no reason for him to do that other than he's God. He said, I'm going, to I'm going to separate the livestock of Israel, the livestock of, of Egypt. Now, in verse 3, he says it's going to be a very severe pestilence. So when, when the Lord says, when the Lord is descriptive like that, it's going to be, going to be pretty bad. This is, uh, this is to carry it yet another step in showing, in revealing the mighty hand of the God of Israel to Pharaoh and to Egypt, all of whom worship these strange gods. We talked, I think we talked about this last time and we've talked about it before. The, the so-called spiritual, or maybe a better word, religious activity of Egypt and really of all these Gentile nations in that day in their superstitions and through demonic possession and oppression, everything that's important in life is attributed to some sort of deity. Not just one single deity, but several. Uh, fertility, uh, sunshine, wind, you know, bugs, whatever. One by one, Yahweh has defeated the perception of those gods 
by attacking the very thing that those gods were supposed to protect and to provide for Egypt. We've already seen some of this. We'll see some more of it now. And so the attack is on the livestock of, uh, of Egypt. Yahweh said an appointed time saying tomorrow God will do this thing in the land. So it's not going to be a happenstance thing. This is, this, there's a crucial point in time. God says it's going to happen then. God did this thing on the morrow, and all the livestock of the Egyptians died, but of the livestock of the children of Israel, not one died. And Pharaoh sent, and behold, not even one of the livestock of Israel died, but Pharaoh's heart became hardened, and he did not let the people out. Okay, here is the Egyptian goddess who was responsible for protecting Egypt, uh, Egypt's, Egypt's livestock and Egypt's economy and livelihood and so forth. So, so that old gal there, she didn't, she didn't perform very well. Um, so another one bites the dust, right? Okay. Yahweh said to Moses and to Aaron, take yourselves handfuls of furnace soot and, or ash. Moses shall cast it heavenward before Pharaoh's eyes. And it will become dust upon the entire land of Egypt, and it will become boils, breaking out into blisters upon man and upon beast throughout the entire land of Egypt. So, okay, they, they take some fine ash that's been burned, throw it up in the air, and then it, it's like it multiplies. And the wind carries it everywhere, just a, from just a few hands full uh, of, of soot it goes everywhere and it's going to land on people and animals uh, and it says in verse 9 that it's going to become boils breaking out into blisters man and beast so they took furnished soot they stood before Pharaoh and Moses cast it heavenward and it became boils breaking out into blisters upon man and upon beast. Okay, now that's, that's not good, right? Um, if I remember correctly from many years ago, chicken pox is like a bunch of blisters, isn't it? Is it kind of like blisters? Um, so, so this is like everybody gets a bad case of something that's kind of like chicken pox. And they get it all at once. Chicken pox is not very... Um, happy to have. It's not a good thing. It's not very comfortable. So it goes right in front of Pharaoh. So, you know, you can see this. Moses said, hey, Pharaoh, watch this. Throws it up, and then it just covers the sky from just, just the hands full that he had. Uh, and Pharaoh sees it. So now everybody breaks out in blisters as well as whatever beasts were left. Okay, now, this is Isis, the Egyptian goddess of medicine and peace. So Isis gets a whipping here from Yahweh. Isis is powerless. The concept of Isis, the demon that created the concept of Isis in the minds of the people, hearts of the people. Isis, see, I'm, I'm showing you actual drawings and all. These, these things were big deals to the Egyptians. I mean, these things were plastered everywhere. 
They, everything about life had some sort of God or goddess. Uh, and and, and this, was, this was life to them. And their life, their culture, their religion, everything about them, piece by piece is being dismantled by the God of Israel. And he steps it up every time. He steps it up a pace. Okay. For if now I had stretched forth my hand and I had smitten you and your people with pestilence, you would have been annihilated from the earth. But for this reason, okay, what God is saying here is, you know, I, I, I could have just had a thought and wiped you off the face of the earth. I don't have to go through this process. And that's something that even people ask today, you know. God is almighty. Why does he have to just do one thing after another? Why does he have to keep doing these things? Well, there's an explanation here. I could have annihilated you from the earth. Verse, is it verse 16 with y'all? I, I don't know. But for this reason, I have allowed you to stand. Is that verse 16 with y'all? Okay. In order to show you my strength and in order to declare my name over all the earth. Okay. Here is why it goes up a step at a time and why, why, why there were 10 plagues and why it happens in the process that it happens from the hand of Yahweh. There it is in verse 16. I'm only letting you stand. I'm only letting you and mighty Egypt escape, escape, although you've come under a lot of hurt. I'm only allowing this to happen so that you can see my strength and in order to declare my name all, all over the earth. So when this is all done, even the Egyptians will have to say, there is no God but God, the God of Israel. Uh, mighty Egypt, the Egyptians, they had, they had their hands and influence all over that part of the world. So the people would have learned about this and the, and the people can say, you know, our God so-and-so, our goddess thus-and-so, our God such-and-such, -such, our God this, our God that, they were nothing. They were absolutely nothing. He just walked right over them. We thought we had these gods and goddesses, and he told us he was going to do it, and then he did it. So this is, this is to proclaim the strength uh, and the name of Yahweh. Verse uh, 17. If you still tread upon my people, not letting them out, behold, I'm going to rain down at this time tomorrow a very heavy hail, the likes of which has never been in Egypt from the day of its being founded until now. Hailstorms, very rare, extremely rare in Egypt. This is just not something that, that people would even understand. So this is... This is going to be power. It's all supernatural, but it's going to be, it's, it's going to ratchet up a notch the supernatural power of Yahweh. And he even tells them when he's going to do it. The whole thing is bringing down the people of Egypt because of one guy, Pharaoh. He kept hardening his heart. So God keeps telling him, you know, what, what kind of a king, what kind of a leader just out of personal pride like this would, would let his people suffer like that? Um, but God keeps telling him, keeps warning him. And, you know, it, it could have been that Pharaoh could have said, okay, that's enough. 
You've shown me enough. Spare my economy, what's left of it. Spare my people. And out they go. No, wouldn't do it. And now send and gather in all of your livestock, all that you have in the field, man or beast that is found in the field, not brought into the house. The hail shall fall on them, they'll die. He who feared the word of Yahweh of Pharaoh's servants drove his servants and his livestock into the houses. All right, let's look at this again. Verse 20. He who feared the word of Yahweh of those who were servants in Pharaoh's household. They sort of bucked against Pharaoh here, maybe secretly, I don't know, but they didn't want to lose anything else. They gathered in what they could to protect them from the hailstorm that God said was coming. You see up there, verse 19, gather it in because if they're in the field, they're going to die by a hailstorm. You know, that sort of takes us to the apocalypse, to the revelation and the I think it's something like 400-pound hailstones. That'd hurt. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something, something happened. I saw a, I don't know if it was on Fox News or on Facebook, this guy was driving, all of a sudden a hailstorm comes up, and it blasts his windshield out. Both front and back windshield begins to crumple his hood and all this stuff. Uh, so a hailstorm is, is pretty bad. This hailstorm... The hail was so big and the storm so torrential. Look at this. Any man or beast that's not in the house is going to die because of this hailstorm. That's how strong it was. But the good news is by this time there are people who are beginning to fear the word of Yahweh. They're beginning in some kind of way to believe in Yahweh. And they're going to do what Yahweh says to them, obedience to his word. Verse 21, But he who did not pay attention to the word of Yahweh left his servants and his livestock in the field. Yahweh said to Moses, Stretch forth your hand heavenward, and hail will be upon the entire land of Egypt, upon man and beast and all the vegetation of the field and the land of Egypt. So Moses stretched forth his staff heavenward, and Yahweh gave forth thunder and hail. And fire came down to the earth. Yahweh rained down hail upon the land of Egypt. And there was hail and fire flaming within the hail, very heavy, the likes of which had never been throughout the entire land of Egypt since it had become a nation. The hail struck throughout the entire land of Egypt. All that was in the field, both man and beast, and the hail struck all the vegetation of the field, and it broke all the trees of the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, there was no hail. So Pharaoh sent and summoned Moses and Aaron and said to them, I have sinned this time. Yahweh, the righteous one, and I and my people... I suppose that would be translated, Yahweh is the righteous one. What does your Bible say? Yahweh is the righteous one. Okay. Yahweh is the righteous one. And I and my people are the guilty ones. Well, now that's a big step forward. You know, 
I'm a sinner. And me and my people, we're the guilty ones. Yahweh is the righteous one. So verse 28, entreat Yahweh and let it be enough of God's thunder and hail and I'll let you go and you shall not continue uh, to stand. Okay. Thunder, apparently the, the, the great fire would be horrific lightning, I guess. Striking trees, um, hailstones, destroying vegetation, the crops in the field. I mean, this guy, his, his nation is being reduced to nothing. Massive loss of livestock, massive loss of crops, of trees, probably fruit-bearing trees and so forth. Uh, just, just everywhere crushed and crashed uh, all around. You've, you've seen just how a hard rainstorm can beat things down. And this is hail big enough and strong enough and coming down fast enough to kill animals and men. So it beats everything down and Pharaoh, for the moment, admits defeat. I'm a sinner. Yahweh is the righteous one. And all of Egypt, we're the guilty ones. Well, that means they were guilty because they had enslaved Israel and wouldn't let Israel go. We've had enough. Pray to Yahweh. Tell him to stop this. I'll let you go. Well, you know what kind of guy Pharaoh is. He's like a lot of our political leaders today. Now here's the Here's the goddess of the sky. This is the goddess that was defeated. Nut. <laughs> Actually, it's Nut. 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 You nut. It's a, it's a uh, I guess I could have made that a bigger, a bigger picture. The goddess of the sky, who was supposed to protect the Egyptians from something like this. But Nut has become nutting, right? Uh... And God yet defeats another Egyptian deity on whom Egypt depended. There it is. I, I should have made that bigger, but uh, uh, they, had, they had a likeness of this goddess. And it was something that uh, it was a, a deity that all of the, the Egyptians knew. Picture and name plastered everywhere. And yet it falls this goddess, this, this demonic thing falls to the power of Yahweh. Okay, so their, their land can't be protected. Their health can't be protected. Their river can't be protected. Uh, the frogs and the lice, their skin, their, their existence can't be protected. Their economy can't be protected. The food that they're growing can't be protected. The trees that they need to help build and shade and so forth, those things can't be protected. Nothing apparently can be protected from the power and the word of Yahweh. Big, a, big, a big recognition here is back over in... Uh, uh, where was it? It was uh, verse 20. Those who feared the word of Yahweh. And now we go forward from there. And now Pharaoh in verse 27. See, the land of Goshen is not being harmed in all of this. The children of Israel are not being harmed. At this point in time, 
even in a slave economy, they probably would have had a stronger culture at this point in time than, than much of Egypt. They, their beasts weren't harmed, their vegetation, their crops, their homes, their livelihood. So now he promises to let the people go. Uh, but guess what? Moses said to him, when I leave the city, I will spread my hands to Yahweh. The thunder will cease. There will be no more hail in order that you know that the land is Yahweh's. That the is not supposed to be there. That the land is Yahweh's. Egypt doesn't belong to Pharaoh. Egypt belongs to Yahweh. It's a very important note here. Um, United States, I mean, you can put any nation, you can insert anything there. It belongs to Yahweh. He is sovereign and he does as he pleases in order to glorify himself just in the way he chooses to do so. That you know that the land is Yahweh's. But you and your servants, I know that you still do not fear the Lord God. Yahweh Elohim. Though the flax and the barley have been broken, for the barley is in the ear and the flax in the stalk, the wheat, the spelt, however, have not been broken because they ripen late. So there's a little, there's a little something left for him. But look at verse 30. He says, but you, but you and your servants, I know that you still do not fear Yahweh Elohim. So here's how it finishes up. Moses went away from Pharaoh out of the city, spread out his hands to Yahweh, and the thunder and the hail ceased. And rain did not come down to earth. And Pharaoh saw that the rain, the hail, and the thunder had ceased, so he continued to sin. He strengthened his heart, he and his servants. They felt better about things now. Oh, we're over that. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he did not let the children of Israel go out as Yahweh had spoken through the hand of Moses. This guy, Pharaoh, is like a lot of people through history. He's a despot. He's godless. Even in the presence of God, he's godless. Even in the presence of, of a crushing display of power, his heart is hardened against Yahweh. This whole thing, I heard a sermon once on, on the plagues and comparing it to the work of Christ in, in salvation. But something to take note of is that the work of God, the love of God for His people, the Word of God, the actions of God will always have an effect on the people of this world. It will always have a positive and strengthening effect on the people of God. Make us stronger, more faithful. And it always has a negative effect on the people who are not the people of God. It says here that Pharaoh was strengthened in his heart. In other words, he got darker. He became more evil than where he was. Faced with the Word of God, faced with the power of God, faced with the truth of God, 
Some of his people believed the word of God, but not Pharaoh. This is, this is a truth of humanity. Uh, Paul, Paul writes about you know, how the gospel, it's a, it's a wonderful thing to the saved, but it's a terrible thing to those who are not saved. It's a, it, 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 it suckers and, and, and nurtures the people of God, but it will slash and slaughter the people who are not the people of God. Now this is, this is demonstrated here in these plagues and especially, specifically in the person of Pharaoh. Pharaoh strengthens himself once the bad stuff is over and he lied about it. He lied to get the stuff to stop. And so now he feels okay. It all stopped and he hardens his heart. And what does it say? He did not let the children of Israel go out as Yahweh had spoken through the hand of Moses. Well, it's only going to get worse for him. It's going to get worse for his people. It's going to get better for the people of God. Worse for the people who are not the people of God. I think that's a, a point that we need to carry with us in life. Anytime, anytime that we testify to the power of Christ, wherever we are, anytime we preach a message, teach a lesson, we can always have the promise from heaven that the word of God, the presence of God, the action of God, all of that, it always has an effect. Always. It'll have an effect. Tonight, here we are. It's going to strengthen us in Christ. It's, we're going to be strengthened by the word. We're not going to be neutral or the same. We're going to be different. We're going to be a little better from having heard what we've heard and read what we read in the Word of God. Anyone who would be here as an unbeliever, a skeptic or whatever, they would be driven that much further away. They would be that much more weak uh, in this world spiritually and, and by the power of the Word of God driven that much further away from God by the power of the Word itself. You know, the Bible says that the Word of God is a hammer. Uh, it's powerful and it comes down with great force uh, whenever it is sincerely taught, preached, witnessed, testified to, believed, has great power. And we see that uh, in this account of Pharaoh. It's, it's just driving... Pharaoh, you, you think, man, this guy's crazy. Well, okay, Anybody who doesn't believe the Word of God is crazy, <laughs> in, in my opinion. There's no logic to it. It's very easy to prove the existence of God. Uh, okay, go back to the very first thing. How did he get started? You know, I mean, you just, it's, it's, it's easy to prove the existence of God. And it's also easy to prove the truth and reliability of the Bible and the person of Christ. But people who are illogical, who strengthen their own hearts like Pharaoh just continue to reject it and refuse it and become more and more hardened. And we have those kinds of people in every generation, but the Bible teaches us by prophecy that those, that, that those people become worse and worse toward the close of the age um, and, and so darkened in their hearts and deluded with great delusion uh, in the last times that, that Christ has to ask the question, 
when the Son of Man comes, will he find any faith on the earth? Okay, we're going to stop there, and God willing, we'll pick it up next time, so let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word, how it comforts us and strengthens us even today. Help us to always live for you and to tell others of Christ, knowing that your word never returns void to you. In Jesus' name, amen.